You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 182 of the Comic Book Informer podcast, coming to you on August 27th, a day later than usual, because apparently we are the two oldest people on the internet. I'm not complaining about my pain this time. <laughs> it's all on you. Listen, I'm, Which is I'm still an amateur at this, <laughs> dealing with not being able to move business. See, and you're not properly stocked either. That's the problem, because... You get to a point there where you start kind of shuffling the, the bottles of liquor aside and you replace them with bottles of <laughs> of pain meds. That's when you know you've made it. <laughs> One day. I can only dream. Could be as cool as me. <laughs> now, at the top of the show, we have a couple of items of business to get to. <laughs> you, and Master. I uh, believe I will let you go first, Roger, because I did give you that homework assignment last week. And you're lucky it was free. Because otherwise I was not doing it, but I did. <laughs> what I think is, I don't want to sound mean to the person who developed the app, <laughs> but when I'd made that joke to you on Twitter at one point, the guy he who seems developed like a very nice person. seemed very nice. <laughs> I was like, don't worry, it's coming to Android. And I was like, I don't think you understood. That was real. That was sarcasm. <laughs> Plain and simple. <laughs> there, there was no yay, more Lee Field. <laughs> So, yes, I got it. Now, that being said, though, constructive criticism where it's deserved, uh, the, the person who developed the app needs to implement a lot of changes and fixes so that it is better. I'm not even going to talk about the fact that you made me look at Leafield art this much because that it goes without saying that that was a pain in the ass and it was stupid and ridiculous and my opinion of him has not changed. The app itself is... There's parts of it that are graphically well done but as an app itself it's it's got a lot of problems like the it's it's as soon as you start it up it's separated for images and videos because you can't get enough videos of lee field um but images so it comes up and it's pulling tons of like covers and images that you basically scroll through forever, waiting for them to load up as well. And then you've also got some missing while they're loading up because they're bigger. And this, regardless of scrolling up and down, you're going to see again in and out. Um, Instead of just using a more intelligent design that employs pages at the bottom so that you have maybe 20 images per page, and then you just swipe through the pages. So you can still swipe up and down, but also swipe to the sides so that it doesn't take this bloody long to load all of the images up. Like case in point, I've got it right now. I'm scrolling through. I'm still scrolling through looking at all these pictures. Like he wanted to make sure you saw a lot of Lee Field art here. Um, but there, I've reached the bottom. But there's still empty spots throughout any hideous background of cable. Not one of Lee feels best. 
which is saying a lot. Um, and then you can get to different things at the top. There's media art, events, bio, ask Rob. You got to love that. And then there's a comic section. Now this, this is actually somewhat useful to know what's coming out because it's not just Leafield art. It's just what's coming out comics wise. Mm. So you have like Marvel, there's image, there's, does it even show DC? I think it, I'm trying to remember, IDW, yeah, DC. So, and it tells you the release date and there it is. And then if you click on it, it takes you to your browser and it shows it to you on previewsworld.com. So that part is actually useful. (laughs) The, The app as a whole though, not so much. And then there's cons, appearances and all Deadpool all day. For those who just want... Lots and lots of pictures of Deadpool. Well, there's certainly a uh, fan following for that. All pouches all the day is what it should have been named. (laughs) So, and then there's a Rejects preview. I'm taking, that's one of his new ones coming up. I honestly wouldn't care. It's, it's It's a simple app. There's not a lot to it. Obviously, we kind of already knew that. It's more of a portfolio for Leafill than anything else. I mean, it allows him to a certain degree to have contact with his fan, which we've there and it just crashed on me. <laughs> it's been crashing quite a bit. So, yeah, and I actually was doing nothing at that point. I just returned to home. So it needs work. It's getting deleted off my iPad immediately. Um, for those who like Leafill, You'll love it. There's a whole bunch of pictures. There's, you know, you can contact him directly. You can, there's, there's no Twitter battles to peruse through. Maybe because those don't make him look quite the sweet guy that some people think he is. But I, I've personally got no use for it. I've got no use for his art. I've got no use for him. So I really, you made me do this. Your dedication to the show is appreciated. I did do it. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And for our next matter, I am lifting my ban on DC. Oh. Because over the past week, I realized that pretty much everywhere you look in the comics industry these days, there's a lot to be upset with. And... It's not quite fair of me to single out one single company when pretty much everybody is horrible in one way or another. So not to say I'm going to be shouting their praises because there's still a lot going on at that company that I'm not pleased with. And I'm of the opinion that the vast majority of their publishing line is not worth reading, but they're no longer outright banned as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Did this just come to you or did somebody say, "Okay, enough's enough? No, it's something I realized over over the past week. All right. And with all these depressing things that have been happening and And both in and out of comics lately, I thought we needed a little bit of comedy in our lives this week. So I decided we would take a look at some of the comedy stuff coming from Valiant. 
Uh, as I mentioned, they had their Delinquents comic coming out uh, last week, which is a crossover between their other two comedy lines. So I gave you a few issues of each to read, not necessarily to get you caught up on everything, but just to give you an understanding of the characters because the Delinquents is pretty much its own story. It's not picking up on anything previous. So we're starting off with Archer and Armstrong. It launched in 2012, written by Fred Van Lenty, art by Clayton Henry and Matt Milla, Milla, Mila, something with L's and A's. <laughs> uh, what do you think of this one off the start? This one I liked. Well, I, I shouldn't say this one. I, I liked both of them, but I might as well just say it right up front. I did not like that delinquence episode issue. That was utter stupidity but this i like the characters there's a whole bunch of like like it's it's very joseph Campbelly at the start with the 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 prophecy of everything going on and whatnot and then you have the you know apparently you can grow an entire other race of exactly the same humans in ten thousand years <laughs> and also he hasn't gone crazy in 10,000 years being alone waiting for evolution. There, there's a lot of those kind of things, but if you there's can, a lot of stuff you do have to take, you in just kind of just let that crap go because otherwise, yeah, it's, it's a buddy cop show is or mm-hmm. comic is all it is. And, and it kind of works. I mean, it's not bad. I won't say it's bad at all, but having seen so many buddy cop comics kind of thing and, and shows and whatnot and seen them done better with characters that I like better. It was like, eh, it was good, but I don't think it's hooked me enough that I'm going to keep reading. See, I actually do really enjoy this comic, but looking back on these first couple issues, I do realize that it started off pretty slow. Like it's, it eventually gets to big grandiose insanity, which I really enjoy. But yeah, off the start, it was still enjoyable, though. Our, our two main characters are Archer, a young man who's brought up in a fundamental Christian nightmare, I guess you could say. A, a, a satire uh, of pretty much anything you can figure with uh, them having this theme park celebrating, you know, the cavemen living with the dinosaurs and any number of goofy things that people actually do believe, but let's not get into that. He's been indoctrinated to believe that he has to go on a holy quest to kill the great beast. And we come to find out the great beast is the other title character, Armstrong, uh, immortal who's been around for 10,000 years, as you mentioned. And the cost of his immortality was, yes, wiping out every other living thing on Earth. So, yeah, you do have to take it in stride of how did Earth get life back? But, yeah, we're moving on and just getting with the fun of the story because, yeah, it is that buddy cop adventure. You have the absolute debauchery and goofiness of Armstrong of somebody who's just basically given up on trying to do anything good in life. And he's only interested in drinking and women with the straight man and Archer who it doesn't get much straighter with that character, but they come to find out that of course, you know, our Archer's parents are terrible and they have to team up to save the world. And as the adventure goes on, you know, we, they come up against, you know, ninja nuns, ninjas, uh, a number of 
conspiracy theories brought to life you know that this group the sect they they run with you know the the one percenters and another uh, a number of these other groups that you know the bilderbergs any bizarre conspiracy theory that you've heard over the years and as we've said before this is something that greatly appeals to me as a, a fictional premise is taken to the extreme in a comedy direction and it it's later on when all these various groups t- come together and start warring with each other that the real fun and the fireworks start See, the problem that I had is that, and I know that it's, it's got its light elements, obviously, but it's that it's so stereotypical of, yeah. again, it's, it's as if Van Lundy looked at the rule book for what a buddy cop um, movie script should be kind of thing, applied it to a comic. They're, each of the characters is an extreme, they're extreme polar opposites and extremes of what those stereotypes should be of those characters. So there's no real character depth at all, at all, at all. And then the plot as well is a very generic, there's pieces of this relic spread across the world. We have to put them all together and protect them from this bad cult thing. So again, something else that we've seen over and over and over again. So so it wasn't just the... The, the few little things like I, I mentioned earlier that I kind of went man about it was that especially it was so generic that I really couldn't care less about any of this, you know. And this is a good example of just how much you're carrying the show this week because I wanted to talk about that, but I couldn't think of the word stereotype. <laughs> and the the line of, of dialogue was there i just couldn't think of the word that would make it all make sense <laughs> pro tip you just kind of talk around it until you remember what it is and then you i was trying it. and it wasn't coming all right but yeah so that's 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 the problem that i have with it but yeah as the story goes on it definitely gets more crazy and interesting they, their adventures they start traveling through time they go to other dimensions they ride dinosaurs they fight aliens in the lost basement of area 51 and even in the latest storyline they end up saving the world from jim morrison from the doors so it's it's something that i've been invested in long enough and seen where it's gone that i'm still really enjoying the ride but now looking back i can definitely see how these first few issues I don't know what exactly from these first couple issues kept me going because I can see how they're not quite as interesting as the later stuff has been. Well, maybe I'll try the other ones. Again, it's not like I point blank hated it. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. There were some parts that I justifiably really enjoyed as well. It's just that for me, the characters were not engaging enough that they could carry a such a generic premise. So, I mean, had the characters really been amazing, had the dynamics between them been something other than, again, a stereotype we've seen over and over again, then maybe I would have enjoyed it more. But then again, that, that whole premise of the two coming together like they did, it was like, oh, come on. To the point of having them fighting so much that they're standing against each other with the fists against their face kind of thing. That one panel was like, I saw that and I was like, oh, God. And that was in the first issue. I was like, this is what I have two more issues to look forward to. 
<laughs> All right. Well, on to the other comic is Quantum and Woody, launched in 2013, written by James Asmus, art by Tom Fowler and Jordi Belair. Comparing it to Archer and Armstrong, again, especially these first couple issues, I'd say I enjoyed the comedy in Quantum and Woody more, but it has that same kind of cliched storyline going for it. Very, very, very much. Very much. And it borrows, again, from tropes we've seen many other times, too. The whole play on words of the black sheep of the family being white, which they even make in the comic and stuff like that. But I still enjoyed this a hell of a lot more. These three issues were a lot more fun. I enjoyed Mm -hmm. the interaction between the brothers a lot more. The, The whole thing with the one being adopted and what that was for the family growing up and that the father really only just kept him around because it was his wife who had passed away who'd wanted the adopted son and so he's trying to make it work because of that and then what that means to the the men later on kind of thing and how like i mean the the one screw up is still a little too much of a screw up and he's too much of a farce kind of thing i think that they should have played it a little bit straighter and they still would have gotten a lot of laughs out of it but that being said it was actually still a lot more enjoyable. I really enjoyed it a lot more. The pacing was better and I like the storyline as well, which again, not entirely original, but like I was saying, if you can piece together other parts that are still strong enough and you care enough about the character, the characters, I should say, then you can get past that and definitely did here. Yeah. I, the, that whole family aspect that really ties the whole comic together as it goes on it still remains present and you have that bickering but also that connection that keeps them together uh, so yeah our comic here again we have the uh, straight man goofball dynamic uh, with these two brothers uh, Woody and god I can't remember Quantum's name god I'm terrible at my job but yeah his brother Quantum <laughs> 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 who are, as it even says in the first issue, the world's worst superheroes. As you said, they're adopted brothers, and one of them goes on to a life in the military. Uh, at the beginning of the story, he's in a uh, private contractor business, and the other one just gets by and con jobs and you name it. They come together because their father has passed away under dubious circumstances, and like right off the bat like the minute they meet each other you get that fight that is still absolutely hilarious at the funeral with them knocking over the other woman's grave like it's so bizarre and goofy but it really works because of that dynamic between the two characters so they end up uh, causing an accident at their father's lab and getting bestowed with these phenomenal superpowers that neither one of them knows how to use (laughs) so they uh, are trying to track down what happened to their dad at the same time that uh, Woody thinks this is the greatest thing on earth <laughs> I loved the bit where Quantum shows up in his costume It's Eric, and, by the way. Woody, and Woody just shows up wearing yeah. his normal clothes <laughs> and glasses <laughs> there's so many things in this comic that it it's that mark of good comedy that it's borderline offensive but the way they pull off a lot of the gags really works. It, it works very well. And this is where I'll point to far better writing in, in this. Um, again, it, it, it's a lot more difficult to write intelligent comedy than folks realize. I, I've never 
I've kind of tried a little bit and I wouldn't, I just would not. I do a little bit here and there, but I, I would never tackle something that has that much comedy just because it's damn hard. And <laughs> I tend to offend people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I would kind of rein it in potentially a little bit too much, but I can appreciate when a writer is willing to, to step right up to the line and kind of put their toe past it and go this line here. You mean this line here? This is the one I'm not supposed to cross. And he does that, it, and it's with the Woody character and how he is not just with Eric, although especially with Eric. And like Eric, get, that's his name. Yes, it is. When you get the – when they're kids and he's saying, you know, nobody gets to make derogatory comments about you but me. And then later on when he shows up and uh, Eric's wearing the quantum outfit and he's not and he's saying it's it's gay. And he says, not in a bad derogatory way of saying gay, just like it belongs in a parade kind of thing. And comments like that and you're going, he's not being offensive it might be construed that way by some people, but he's not. He's not a, a racist or a bigot. He's just damn honest about racial differences and, and things like that, which you get that that fight between them at one point where that comes out. And because he was telling him how Eric sounds black. Well, of course, he'd have more of a baritone voice, you would assume, from the way they're talking, things like that. It was fantastic. The writing was really quite good in this. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So despite the fact, oh, and that fight they get in with the mutant clown thing, <laughs> that is one of the most terrifying things I have ever seen in a comic book. That was awesome. Oh, yes, it would have been was. funnier if it would have come out of like a buggy or something. <laughs> like if the device that he's, he shot out to, to bring it out was buggy shaped, that would have made it hilarious. But despite the fact that these two hate each other and really want nothing to do with each other, they come to find out that they're each wearing one of the bracelets that were originally on the containment suit that Woody tried to climb into on his own. And if they don't touch the containment bracelets together once every 24 hours, their bodies will dissipate into quantum molecules. So they're forced to stay together. Or touch and junk. That, hmm? Or touch junk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. Again, there there are any number of legitimately great gags and even these first couple issues and it definitely keeps going with that. So yeah, it's it's interesting because at first I really loved Archer and Armstrong and then when Quantum of Woody came around I was like, ah, "Do I really want to read another comedy comic from these same guys?" And it turns out I did. And I'm very glad I did because I said that the way it ends up, like, currently, it's two different brands of comedy, if you will, uh, with Archer and Armstrong being the more out there, more situational stuff, where Quantum and Woody is definitely more character-driven. But, God, it's hilarious. And if you, if you want a good chuckle, if you need something light and fun in your life, definitely check it out. Yeah. It's, it, it does have some groan-worthy moments, but the... the justifiably funny bits more than make up for it. And then you also get the very intelligent drama written in as well. How far are, are they into this series? Uh, it actually finished at 12 issues. Oh, so it's a done. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that's too bad. I will definitely be and keep it's, reading. It's the other ones. relaunching later this year. 
uh, with a new number one, actually with the original creators from the original 90s series taking over. Right. Okay. All right, and that brings us to The Delinquents, written by James Asmus, uh, with a scripting assist from Fred Van Lenty, and art by Kano, Kano, I don't know, flip a coin, pick one. And yeah, this did not work on the same level that the other two did. At least not yet. I mean, I'm willing to give it another issue, just given that how much I enjoy the two original series. I actually like the premise. I think it's hilarious. Because this is one of those things, uh, when I was talking about it at Supercon, and they were explaining the story, it was, you know, that one panel of the map. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is something I have to read. Because, as they said, we've seen so many stories where somebody has this fantastic treasure map tattooed onto their body. Well, eventually... Somebody would have to have the, t- the map tattooed onto their ass. And that is what we have for this story. And that is the MacGuffin that they're chasing after that's been torn in half and lost over the years. That they each, each team ends up in possession of a half of the ass map that ha- need to find this fabulous American treasure. And I know you hated that. I stopped at page 13 and there was nothing you could do that would make me read the rest of it. The writing was terrible i'm sorry but i thought the writing was terrible i did not enjoy it at all the premise was ludicrous it just was it was stupid i'm sorry i i I feel it was stupid see the way the story feels to me is that the the story concept and, and this is just my assessment of it the concept was from van lenti because it has that overarching weirdness that we see from Archer and Armstrong, but was actually written by James Asmus, who, as we've seen, is much stronger with the character work. And I think that might be part of what doesn't work because you know, it's a writer trying to write a type of story that maybe he's not quite as strong in as the other writer is. So, yeah, but I know I... I still really want this to work, so I'm going to read the second issue and hope it improves. But, yeah, right off the bat, the first issue of Delinquents, I, I have to say, didn't quite work for me either. I thought it was terrible. Like I said, I didn't finish reading it, and there's nothing you can do to make me read it. No, Fair enough. I I can't blame you. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason I read the whole thing is because I really wanted it to be good. So it's one of those things where I was committed. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I would suggest anybody, though, check out Archer and Armstrong or Quantum and Woody, because especially Quantum and Woody, because they're both pretty good comics. Moving into what we're reading, uh, I have a big list this week, but not actually a lot to say about much of any of them. First of all, New Avengers. I talked about this every once in a while as it comes up. Uh, I mentioned that they were going up against you know other, another group of heroes trying to save their world. And it came to the point where somebody on the New Avengers actually had to pull the trigger to destroy another planet. And none of them could do it. So they all have all these crises of conscience and it's just lots of hand-wringing and of course Namor steps up and just grabs the thing and blows up the entire planet and looks at them like what's wrong with you (laughs) so this entire next issue is all of them because there's another incursion coming and they all know as a group now that Namor's kicked out that there is nothing they can do to stop this none of them are actually going to go through with it so the bulk of the issue is what all of these characters, Reed Richards, Beast, Iron Man, what they would all do if they knew it was their last day to live. Really, really good comic. 
And then I'm not going to ruin anything, but the last two pages were one of the best holy crap moments I've seen in a long time. Hmm. None of that, oh, Nick Fury is, is still alive and an old guy thing. No, this was a legitimate whoa. <laughs> All right, Magneto. Yes. Continues to be amazing. My God. And how thin that line that Colin Bunn is walking of making Magneto almost completely, irredeemably an evil villain, but with just enough of a reason that we don't hate him for anything he's doing. It, it's just working so well. I cannot I disagree. It enough. He's sprinting across that line, but we're still in for the ride and still like, okay, yeah, I can see why he's doing that. But yeah, it's like there's no tiptoeing around it. But this was awesome, yeah. All right, uh, Nova continuing their original sin tie-in of him finding out what's going on with his dad. Uh, just another really fun, really strong issue. I absolutely love Sam as a character. And I really have to praise the art team on this. And I actually have it in front of me, so I don't need to <laughs> stumble around. Uh, David Baldian, Terry Pallet, and David Curiel. I've never heard of any of them before, but this comic is gorgeous. Especially their take on Rocket. More in line with uh, the Scotty Young version than anything else in like Guardians of the Galaxy. But obviously a vastly different art style. And it just works. It's beautiful. And I absolutely love the comic. In addition, with Miss Marvel and Ghost Rider, both of them still just really strong comics. Nothing I can like point to and really praise individually. Just overall writing, art, storyline, characters. I absolutely love this whole younger generation that uh, Marvel is bringing up with Nova, Miss Marvel, and Ghost Rider. Really enjoying all three of those characters. I actually got caught up on Nova. I actually wanted to, I started from issue one just so that I could, again, remember everything that had happened and see it, read it as it was meant to be read kind of thing. So yeah, I went on a freaking Nova spree. (laughs) Like I just (laughs) read Nova like crazy, uh, including the the Nova special as well that's out. So yeah, I read a ton and it was, again, it's everything that you said too, like it's, I, I'd seen that from the start. It's just, again, there's only so many comics you can read in a day. Um, the, the characters are phenomenal. The interactions with between him and existing characters are fun to read because it's different than what it was with the existing Nova. So you have, again, that that teenager who is trying to be responsible and do the right thing. And the thing that I think appeals to a lot of us, too, is that He's not a whiny, annoying teenager. He's a teenager who has had to help the family survive by doing a lot of his father's work because his father was an alcoholic. And so he has that sense of responsibility and things like that. So he's not just a kid. He does make those blunders along the way, but it's he can still pass for, you know, a, a responsible young man most of the time and he tries he tries so bloody hard and the re- the relationship he had with watcher is the only thing that i've enjoyed in this whole original sin thing has been how he is dealing with that death because watchers meant so much to him like that was a profound moment but yeah 
And then from then on, though, the whole thing with his father, maybe his father was bad. That was stupid. I'm sorry, but I thought the premise was ridiculous. And it's quite obvious that it's not the case. And it's he's going to see that, oh, no, he was, in fact, a big hero. So that was like, yeah, whatever. But but that whole how he's dealing with the Watcher being gone, that was phenomenal. Agreed. Sorry, keep going. And that's actually, no, that was all I had for the week. Okay. So I had that, and then I also got caught up because I'd missed a few of the all-new X-Men. So mm-hmm. the the X-23 Angel thing going on now kind of thing. Um, I Again, the after the trial, <laughs> when it got reasonably back <laughs> to normal kind of thing, uh, I've been enjoying the stories that have been there quite a bit, actually. And the the stuff between young Jean and, uh, and what's-her-face? Um <laughs> That was hilarious. Oh, damn it. What's her face? What's her name? God damn it. Emma. Uh, Frost. So yeah, that stuff was, I thought it was fantastic. Especially when you see everybody kind of like having a picnic watching from far away. <laughs> <laughs> a safe distance. But uh, yeah, and then you're also seeing the stuff with uh, with the, I guess it's a relationship between Quill and, and Kitty kind of thing. You want to talk about long distance. What is it with her and guys named Peter? <laughs> really? So, um, and how it's tying into the, the whole, um, last will and Testament too, which is in the uncanny X-Men. We already talked about that, but yeah, I know that I've been digging the stuff that's going on in there. I, I haven't completely gotten caught up on Miss Marvel because I am behind on those as well, but I did read the Wolverine one team up one. I thought that was funny. That is one of the best Wolverine team ups ever. Yeah, it was pretty funny, especially her carrying him through the sewage. I thought that was hysterical. Uh, got caught up on Saga as well. So I had three issues to read there, actually. So um, this is very good. It is. It's, uh, I, I think it's I, – I noticed that there's a trend that the first two pages of each issue are the holy crap shocking stuff. And then the other 20 pages is, okay, let's tell a good story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Although there's some here and there where it's like, okay, you're – Again, it's I keep going back to you're trying too hard, and that is most definitely what it is at points. That said, it still is a fantastic comic, and it is it does tell a, a really good story. So yeah, those those have been quite good. Um, in, I, I, I'm sorry, just to no, I, didn't, I didn't want to bring it up at the time because it was a fresh comic, but it's now been like three months. But the last page of that first issue of the latest story arc, where it was just her narration. Of like this is when my parents like yeah. relationship ended. Yeah, that was a gut punch. Yeah, yeah. Moving on. Yeah, um, injustice. Have you now that the band's off? Have you gotten caught up? It's on my list because they don't take long <laughs> that's, to read. That's like the one thing from DC I actually am excited to get it. Okay, well then I'm not going to talk about the latest one. But god damn, <laughs> 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 um, I I'm saying that. Damn near every single um, issue. Taylor's just a freaking beast, but it's it works, and it, he makes it work so well. And what's funny is that when you when you read them, because a they're not long; it doesn't take you long to get through an issue, kind of thing. But when you're reading them, and we talked to oh damn it, what was his name? When when I was talking about the um, the um, the formatting. 
for these web-based ones or mm-hmm. tablet-based ones and how it's different. And you really have to format the page and the story differently because of that. Taylor is freaking an expert at this. Like these, it just flows. The story flows so beautifully. And the story in this one, I, I, I won't say it, but man, get on it. Read it because it's freaking awesome. Definitely good. Um, the the death of Wolverine crap is like, holy crap! This is everywhere now. Uh, the storm second issue. Did you read that one? I actually have not. And it's a whole bunch of man with some romance stuff with Wolverine kind of stuff. So there you go. And then we've got again more of the same. In Savage Wolverine is still working on an old story from. Um, which world war is that? One or two? I can't remember which one it is. And it was kind of like <laughs> one of them. Yeah, it's one of those. The um, Wolverine Annual, though, was interesting. The um, the art is by something Marks. Who is that? Jonathan Marks, and it's almost like a watercolor kind of thing. I don't know that it is but it might be. It really kind of looks like it is a watercolor. And it's very different than what we're used to. And it's not like a a highly polished watercolor either. There's a lot of rough edges throughout, which fits with what the story is. And the story is actually quite good. It's him going out and making sure that if he does in fact die, which at this point even he has to know, um, Jubilee will be all right. She'll be able to take care of herself Mm. and she won't go all feral and you know, things like that. So it's 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 a good little story. It's not bad. But again, it's the whole hype train of getting ready for the... the it even has the big across the top, one month to die now. So anyways. And last but not least, um, did you read the last Skull Kickers? The Tavern Tales? Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> did you see... It the, was about 50 pages too short. Yeah, really. Did you see the... Um, think he mentioned it on twitter but i'm not certain the uh zub put a link to the facebook page i believe it's, it was on facebook that showed oh, with all the, the tribute yeah that was awesome that was great yeah so this is the a tribute cover as well the he did more of the stories here himself because he had plans for all of them and you can tell like they're just freaking awesome stories they're they're just and the art in some of these <laughs> what <laughs> like, that first one is the art is insane. The uh, the Batman story was hysterical. I thought that was like there's no point to it, but damn, yeah. it was funny. Um, the space adventure one a little less, but it was still fun to I read. I get what he was going for. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and what was the last one again? I'm just the bikers. Flip- the oh, bikers yeah. were the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I really really enjoyed this a lot it was fun again nothing you know spectacular for most of the stories but it was damn good and we have to wait now till 2015 until the last story arc Zub is a busy man that's a long freaking time to wait do you have any idea how many comics that dude is writing right now I don't care so anyways that's it 
All right, then. For this week's new releases from Marvel, we have all new X-Men number 31, which I believe they said is the start of their crossover with the Ultimate Universe. Uh, We have Avengers number 34, Cyclops number 4, Guardians of the Galaxy number 18, a story I have been waiting three years for because it finally tells us what happened to that other scrub nova, Richard Ryder. Uh, We have Thunderbolts number 30, Uncanny Avengers number 23, and Wolverine number 12, which is the last issue of that comic, according to Marvel, forever. Sure. Dan Slott also told us that Peter was never coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he hasn't. All right. From DC, um, honestly, I don't know what they're putting out right now. So I just picked a few. We have Batman Beyond Universe number 13, Batman Eternal number 21, Injustice Year 2 number 10, New 52 Futures End number 17, which I've actually heard is horrible, but I put it in there. And Superman number 34, which I've heard uh, from Superman fans is actually great, but neither one of us are Superman fans. From Image, we have Low, number two, Manhattan Projects, 23, Saga, number 22, and Wayward, number one, which looks amazing. Cool. And IDW, Borderlands, Fall of Firestone, number Gosh. two, Godzilla, Rulers of Earth, 15, no. and Transformers, More Than Meets the Eye, number 32. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I couldn't hear exactly what little comments you were putting in back there, but I know there was something. But that's going to wrap us up here at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. So until next week, hopefully on less painkillers, thanks for listening. Or maybe we need to be on more painkillers. Yeah, really. They make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>